Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3 with Adrian Abraham and Lindley Fu. Time now for Why It Matters, and it is International Women's Day, the 8th of March. I feel this day should be celebrated every day because why do we just need one day to celebrate women? Lynn, let's get into it. The proportion of women appointed to directors to the boards of large listed companies in Singapore reached a record high in 2022, according to a study. Women made up 36% of all director appointments to the top 100 companies on the Singapore Exchange, which is the highest percentage since 2013 when such data was first collected. And in 2021, female board appointments stood at 23%. Why are there calls for gender diversity in Singapore's corporate leadership to evolve past box-ticking? To tell us more, we have on the line Stephanie Yuan-Tio, Joint Managing Partner at boutique law firm TSMP Law Corp. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Good morning, Lynn. Hi, Adrian. Very nice to be here. Thank you very much, guys. So, director appointments. Women made up 36% of all such appointments to the top 100 companies on the Singapore Exchange last year. But despite this, there is a relatively lack of women in key leadership positions on boards in Singapore, such as board chairs, according to commentators and industry participants. What do you make of this? Um, it's part of the same phenomenon. Women tend to, they've gotten from a place of, no, don't ask me because I don't know if I can do a good job, to, okay, I'll do it, but I'll take a back seat, so I'll just sit on the board. Secondly, you're seeing a lot of first-time women directors. If you look at the statistics, a lot of the appointments were first-time women directors. You wouldn't have one of these people sit as chairs of the board or on a committee. Mm -hmm. So it'll take some time for that to filter through. I mean, take me. I'm currently chairman of ESR Logos REIT, which is a very, very big REIT. We've got about $5 billion under management. Um, I also chair the audit committee of ARA US Hospitality Trust. Both of those are REITs. When I was first asked to come onto the board of ESR, I was quite happy to do that. But when they said, after a few years, Steph, would you come on as a chair? I was taken aback in the typical woman style. I said, why would you want me? And I don't know that I can do the job. And, you know, it's a psychological, it's it's a proven phenomenon that Mm. men have to feel only about 50% capable of doing a job before they raise their hands and say, sure, I'll do it. But women have to be almost like 90 to 100% feel that they're capable before they will put up their hands. So that's another phenomenon. And it was something that was very conscious of when I made the decision. I'm like, I really need to step up. And if I feel confident on balance, I should be able to do this, then I will try. So I I had to sort of overcome that mental block before I could do this. And it's a particular psychological bias that women have. Stephanie, let's talk about Singapore's market and how they fare or compare when benchmarking against other major developed markets such as Europe and the US. Tell us a little bit more about this and where Singapore stands. So you can't compare across the board because it's it's not apples to apples. In Norway, in UK, in Germany, and Malaysia, there are actually quota requirements as well as in India. There are quota requirements for a minimum percentage of representation of women on the board in different quotas. So if you look at that, because the law needs to be complied with, that's probably not a good representation. New Zealand, Australia, and the US rank ahead of us if you take away the quota countries. But then Singapore does very well. We're right after that. We do better than Hong Kong, which also has quotas, and we do much better than Japan. So Singapore is 21.5% on the top 100 companies. Hong Kong has only got 18.5%, and Japan's only at 14.2%. 
Now, the ones who are do, doing better than us, New Zealand, Australia, and the US, these are more westernized countries. Uh, they're English speaking. They don't have large Asian cultural representation. They don't mm. have a majority of Asian cultural representation, whereas Japan, Hong Kong, and we do. Um, and I think part of the reason that women don't take on these board mm. appointments is partially the cultural differentiation. In Asian cultures, I think women have a more defined role in the homes. We're still very much bound by that. I mean, I'm an educated, fully independent woman, and mm. I still have in my brain that a lot of the childcare duties, I must be the first responder. When the teacher calls, or when the school calls, I'm the person who has to handle that. When something happens in the home, if there's a leak or, or something needs fixing, I'm the person to handle that. Um, and that's very much deeply embedded in my Asian psychological psyche. And I suspect that a lot of women still feel the need to stay home and look after their kids. Uh, the childcare, home care burden is still with them. And in Asian cultures, it's not really seen as feminine or appropriate to put yourself forward too much. So there's a lot of relearning that women mm. in the boardroom need to do. Why do you feel that small and medium-sized enterprises are only focused on getting the token you know, woman on board to tick the box? Mm. So it's only been a relatively recent development that there have been bigger calls for more concrete action to have gender diverse boards. I think that the large 100 companies are looking to do that and they're taking it very seriously as the numbers show, which is fantastic. I think, however, small and medium companies are really much more focused on business and they haven't really worked out whether having a gender diverse board is that good for the bottom line. And so because of that, they sort of I think a lot of these companies are thinking, okay, everybody's putting pressure on us to have one woman. So let's get a woman on the board. I don't think that the message as to, you know, that this actually has a big impact on your bottom line has really made its way down there at the moment. And if you look at the numbers, you can see that amongst the top 100 companies, the percentage representation of women is 21.5, which is up a, what is considered a whopping 2.6% in Singapore. But amongst all companies, that percentage is much lower at anything from 11 to 19%, depending on the sector. Hmm. The boardroom, Stephanie, has often been described as a boys' club. You know, in some circles, typically, someone knows someone and brings in that someone. How true is that mm-hmm. still these days? It's much less true. But when I first started getting on boards, and this is more than 10 years ago, it was very, very much the case. It wasn't just a boys club, but it was also who's a good old boy, mm-hmm. meaning who's the guy who's not going to give the founder any trouble, who will ask some questions, but not ask the difficult questions and certainly not do anything that was going to rock the boat. And you still see, sadly, you still see some of those old boys on some boards. They are typically, I'm going to become very unpopular for saying this, they're typically (laughs) retired head honchos, whether in the civil service or whether in corporates. They used to be very important. They used to have a large staff. They used to be bowed to all over the place. And now they sort of feel a bit irrelevant because they've retired. So they go on a board and it still makes them feel good. They won't ask any difficult questions. The money they're given as for their board appointments will help them sort of stay in the lifestyle that they're used to. It all it's it's a nice retirement gig. But directorships should not be seen as retirement gigs. They should be seen as big responsibilities. We're in charge of looking after our stakeholders and those stakeholders could be shareholders it could be our creditors could be the public at large it's important to have a strong stakeholding pool and it's important to have the right attitude towards that to be prepared to ask the questions if you're going to be prepared to ask
ask the questions. You need to be prepared to walk away from the board. You need to say, look, if I'm not going to get the right sort of answers, if people are not going to cooperate with me in a way that's good for corporate governance, then I need to be prepared to walk away. But if you feel too tied to that sinecure, that's when the problems start. All right, we are reflecting on the significance of gender diversity in leadership. Why do you think the world needs more women in leadership roles now more than ever? I sure think so. I think so too. Um, Women bring, it's not difference for the sake of being different. It's also because we bring a different perspective. I think if you look at people like Jacintha Ardern, she's really been such a breath of fresh air. And, Mm. you know, I I really respect her so much. Down to the time that she said she was quitting because she didn't have enough gas in the tank. Mm. I thought that was incredibly courageous of her. Very, very mature, very grounded. I think it was fantastic. Women bring a different perspective. I think it's, and I don't want to sound sexist, or like drawing sexist line by doing this. But I think generally, in my experience at least, women don't go into everything like it's a dogfight, okay? We tend to be generally more consensus builders. Um, we tend to be... So So in, in my line of work, I, I do a lot of negotiations. I'm an M&A lawyer. Mm-hmm. Typically, if we walk into a boardroom for a negotiation, if you see two men lawyers against each other, they have to sort of flex their muscles a little bit first just to show their clients that they are the alpha dog in the room. When women go in, if it's a woman against a man or two women against each other, there is just none of that. It's just, okay, what are the points of disagreement? Let's just get to it because we've got stuff to get on with. You know, for us, the ego trip isn't that important. For us, it's important to get the job done so that we can go back to the office, do what we need to do, go home to our families, look after our house. Mm. Like I said, change that light bulb that needs changing. <laughs> um, it's it's a very it's a very different, I think it's a different mindset. Now, this is obviously it's not true of every single woman, every single man, but by and large, I think that there is a little bit of cultural upsetting towards in, in that direction. Stephanie, we have to talk about the theme for this year's International Women's Day from the UN, Digital Innovation and Technology for Gender Equality. But what is your message to our listeners on IWD. I think my message would be don't be afraid, step up. And when you think that you can't do it, remember that there's a whole host of women who are going to come behind you and do it for the sisters. Okay, thank you very much, Stephanie. We've been speaking to Stephanie Yuan Tio, Joint Managing Partner at Boutique Law Firm TSMP Law Corp. Happy International Women's Day, Stephanie. Happy International Women's Day, guys. Have a good one. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.